Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Charles, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just invite you into our midst and allow you to teach us your ways and teach us how you talk so that we know your voice and when you call out to us, we come towards you. And Lord, I also just thank you for blessing everybody that's following you and just blessing us with your grace and blessing us with gifts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, welcome everybody to our morning Bible study as we continue in 1 Corinthians. If you just joined us, we're in chapter 7, and today we're, we're going to be, as normally, Quite bold, and quite ambitious, I should say. And we're going to read from 25 through 40. So could I get a volunteer for that, please? I will. All right. Go for it, Layla. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly towards his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin, let them marry. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has so determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. So then he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives, but if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. But if she is happier, if she remains as she is, according to my judgment, and I think I also have the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There's a lot a lot there. So thank you for reading all that. You're welcome. Now, again, as, as we normally do here, I'm going to open the floor to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, what He's teaching you, so that we can all learn and grow together, and to ask any questions that you have for the same reason, right? Yes. We're all learning. We're all growing together. No one has all the answers except the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and He will teach us as we we continue. Right? That's what yes. why He's one of the reasons why He sent us the Holy Spirit. So, who would like to begin? I do. Oh, go ahead, Bubby. <laughs> oh. Yes, I can go first. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, Bubby. I would just like to point out what Paul says when he's talking about um, misusing the things of this world. Like, in a 
shorter and much more simpler uh, say definition what he's trying to tell you is don't be so caught up in trying to have everything in the world that you lose yourself and that you forget what your purpose is to be here you are the salt and the light you're supposed to be serving God and even I get caught up in some things like that and we all have to learn how to keep our eyes on the Lord but that's something that we have to watch out for because now you want to be the um coolest person in school or whatever and you forget that you're here to serve God and Paul mentions that when he says the married woman and the and the virgin the virgin cares about the things of the Lord her eyes are on Jesus and she's going to do whatever he called her to do but the wife however and that's not everybody's like that but some wives are more concerned about pleasing their husbands to see them smile or whatever and make them feel good that they forget about the things that God has asked them to do and they put that off into the the future as in I'll get to it when I get to it instead of putting that first and then everything else comes second. That's how it should be in our lives. God first and then everything else can take a back seat. Uh-huh. Okay. What were you going to say, Charles? Um... What I think Paul's also getting at here, I don't think he's talking about marriage in general, but I think he's talking about going and marrying out of the commandment of the Lord. The Lord, when he commands you to marry somebody, like in the case of Hosea, he was told to go marry the harlot. He was clearly told to go do that. The Lord does not violate his own word. And if he knows what the best is for that person and he tells you to go marry, that means it's better for you than to remain single. Same is true here. How if a wife's only... concerned about her husband normally that happens when both or one of them is not listening to the lord but when the lord puts the two together they both have a relationship with the lord and both can clearly hear and help the each other focus on the lord one's not trying to run it and say look at me and do see what i'm doing but they put all the focus back onto the lord and i think paul is also getting at here is how While the virgin may, I think it's also talking about perception of life, meaning that you're clean and holy in your mind. Because, like Mr. Dean said, there's a difference. Thoughts may come into your head, but the difference is ruling over them, not letting them dwell there. So meaning that you are still holy in your mind and what you're thinking about is the same true here. If you always have dark thoughts and you can't clearly be listening to the Lord, not saying that he can't work and work on you through that, not through the dark thoughts, but help you get to to holy thoughts, but meaning that if you are always thinking that, likely chances you're not thinking about the Lord. So it's a perception of mind as well. And LaCharles, don't forget that when those thoughts come, the, the what is the best way to disengage from those thoughts bring it to the lord bring it to the lord specifically how do we bring it to the lord by seeing if the thoughts line up with what we have written in the word yeah that's a good way but a a really simple practical way is god inhabits our praises Mm -hmm. so we have to we have to it's 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 not it's not that much different than what uh, some of the things we talked about yesterday we have to have the discipline even though we don't feel like it. We're caught in our feelings. We're having a negative emotion about a thought or whatever. We have to step out of that emotion, move into the discipline of beginning to praise God, even when we don't feel like it doing it. Uh, for me personally, when I go into praising God, sometimes I don't feel like it. But it's, it's amazing how quickly I feel like it after I start doing it, and then those thoughts diminish. Yes. So it's, it's, not, it's not, like you said, it's not that you have them, but it's what you do with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And something to add with that, that that's always been a help for me. Um, you guys have heard me say this before. In my, my natural personality, I'm a perfectionist. And it's hard for me sometimes to go, okay, Lord, if a thought comes and not go, Lord, oh, why? You know, but he helped me to go. He reminded me of a scripture when Jesus was in the earth and he was getting ready to be crucified. And he told them, he said, the rule of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. So when I... When those those kind of when a thought shows up that is contrary to the word of God, 
and it sometimes it just seems like they're out of nowhere and you're like where did that come from and then you go did I think that and the enemy is trying to get you to take a hold of it as though it's your own you're thinking this versus this is being suggested to you which is two different things so God helped me to go wait that has nothing in me the word is on the inside of me my heart and my desires for the things of God that didn't come from me that's not me and then I'm able to go ha Ha ha, I see you. And I rebuke it. And I bind that up in the name of Jesus, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth will already have been loosed in heaven. So I bind that and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. But then I come back and I combat thoughts of guilt or um, further entertainment by going, that didn't come from me. That's not in, that has nothing in me. Lust has nothing in me. Murder has nothing in me, you know, thoughts of I'm going to drive you off the road or, you know, anything like that. This ungodly, it has nothing in me because what's in me is the life of God, is the spirit of God, is the love of God. So identifying that as well helps me with that. So I'm not just shoving it down into myself. I'm also plucking it up and casting it out. So there's no roots growing. There's none of that happening. So praising the Lord and I recognizing that's not on you. That's not in you. That's a suggestion coming from outside. Mm-hmm. What else? What else are you guys going to share? Boy, were you done? Yes. Go for it, I promise. Okay. The Lord really brought to my attention verse, um, verse 35 where it says, and I say this for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Mm-hmm. So the Lord, sh- the Lord show me it's not necessarily, it's not bad to marry because not, it's not bad to marry and good to be unmarried. But what, what Paul is saying here is be, being self-control and not just looking at that Looking at that person going, okay, Lord, you, you can go inside this little box and pulling them out. Like what some people do with toys, pulling them out when, when, or like the vacuum, pulling it out when we need it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, honey. So the Lord showed me that Paul's, he's talking about your self-control over yourself. If you can't look at the Lord while you're married, then don't marry but if you can look at the Lord and you're married, like what you guys do, then marry, by all means, if the Lord tells you to marry. That's it. Okay. I was just going to say, it's, it's uh, somebody who is single and has been divorced and, you know, considers how that all goes together. Uh, certainly the desire to be with somebody is there. Mm-hmm. Um but when that desire comes, uh, it's, it's similar to what we, we talk, we're just talking about, about what we do with those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, we're called to, um, you know, confess our sins to each other and all. T- typically, those thoughts are coming from the flesh. And so um, I just dismiss them as being thoughts from the flesh and, and continue to wait on the Lord to see what direction he will tell me. Mm-hmm. And until he's given me direction... I don't get to do anything one way or the other, you know, and I think that's a, just a good rule to follow. Sometimes we wonder, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, just that's what's called waiting on the Lord. So, um, and you know, with that is the component of being satisfied with where you are being content. Um, the, the passage of scripture here as, as being someone who has been single and waiting for a spouse, sometimes our minds can get so wrapped up and I want this Lord, God, bring it to me, please. God, please, please, please give me, give me, give me, give me. And then we become, um, distracted in a way that our, we're so honed in. All we can see is this one thing and having this one thing and I got to get it. And then the desire grows. And if we're not mindful of it, it quickly can turn to lust and be drawn off somewhere else. And now we're, now we're just taking someone for ourselves and not waiting on God. Now we're doing other things that are ungodly and justifying it. So here he's, in all things, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So we know at all times God wants us to walk in that self-control and, and he wants us not to make provisions for the flesh. So that way we can hear him we can always and stay in communion and fellowship and don't break that. God knows the desires of our heart. 
he knows when we want a spouse. He knows why we want a spouse. He knows everything. So trusting him that he's a good God to us and he will bring to us what we need when we need it and being content in the condition that we're in, the state, like that we talked about being a slave yesterday or being free, being circumcised, uncircumcised, being content in the condition that you're in, knowing that you have a heavenly father who knows your desires and his delight is to give you the desires of your heart. And he has an order in which he wants to do things. If he hasn't brought a spouse to you and he knows that petition, then perhaps there are things that he wants to accomplish in and with you first that will make you better suited or more well prepared or um, sol more solidified in him. He doesn't want to give us things that are going to sway us off from following him. Everybody has an opportunity, but he wants to root us and ground us in him and then bring those things. So being aware of what you know Paul is saying here as as desires begin to get flamed and bigger and not allowed to be placed at the feet of Jesus Christ knowing that he will answer us he's already answered and he's a good God and he'll bring what he desires and that we can trust him and we don't have to go and take it for ourselves that allows us to be at peace and in shalom so that we were able to tend to the things that the father has for us you know this may be a season of deep ministry for you or deep deep grounding in the lord or one of the whatever that is that he he sees or healing healing hallelujah emotional healing from all the bad relationships that you <laughs> might possibly have been in which is hallelujah. pretty common among most people today absolutely you know as humans being in the world we get hurt by other humans and if we don't you know recognize it or see it some offense can sneak in and if we don't allow god to do his work in us that he says okay now and he is the one who gets to call the shots and go you're ready or just wait a little bit longer if we try to take it out of his hands and go do it on our own we most certainly end up with works of the flesh and it's a good thing for us to come to our next destination whole it's a good thing for us to enjoy the seasons that we're in the seasons of being just us and god being you know like as a mother i can tell you it's so much easier just to go to the grocery store when you don't have to get a car seat and a baby bag and get the bottle and a diaper just to go you know to get pump some gas it's so much easier but how much more so you know to be able to consume yourself with the word of god when you're singular and let him fill you up and then when he's ready he brings that person you know uh, for your case dean for example there's a, a wife that god has for you and he's filling her up at the same time and what that looks like when god says ah now you're ready and he brings that together that is a far cry better and it's a beautiful situation then when you're like well i'm half and i got this busted wheel over here got a little duct tape on that over there let's squeak it together and see how we can work things out and then we've got two squeaky bumpy things trying to work together and it's hard and more hurt comes out of it or more uh, distress or trouble just in trying to now i got to get whole when i've got somebody else now i'm trying to please them or work with them or you know any of those things that happen when we try to do it on our own versus when God says, I made this good. I made that good. Now I put it together and it's all good. So just being content with him and enjoy the season that he has us in, in the moment, you know, I've been there and I'm glad I let God do what he wanted to do. I love the, the points that we're discussing, but, um, let's, let's say take a, not that we don't already or are already there, our seats in the heavenly places, right? And and get a an elevated perspective of this, right? So in chapter I'll say six. We'll start with chapter six. Okay. There is a there's discussion there, a uh, lots of discussion, but Paul addresses sexual immorality, and we covered that and with some depth, right? And then he addresses that, so he addresses that before moving on to marriage, right? But when he discusses marriage in chapter 7, in verse 11, well, it's old 10 and 11, right? He, he makes this interesting statement. To the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord... 
A wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. A husband is not to divorce his wife. Right? Um, reconciled, if we will. The Greek is katalaso, which is to change, exchange, reestablish, restore relationships, or make things right. Okay? I bring this up because it's significant because he dis- that's how he begins to discuss keeping marriage vows and then goes into the, the aspect of divorce in marriage and then yesterday he covers really living as you are called how it's supposed to look like right it's not about a lack of trust but it's about we and our role and our responsibilities to bring everything before the Lord because we are reconciled to him. And let's not forget that Christ gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation, which is to bring things back or to help provide opportunity to bring a brother or sister, a neighbor back into alignment with Christ, with his plan, with his purpose. Right? Which is what we we discussed yesterday. And this is a continuation of that topic. Right? We said yesterday, we discussed how he kind of, it's like an interlude, if you will. He discusses marriage, and now he's discussing people that are not yet married, or and or were married and are now single, right? Uh, widowed or, or whatever the case is. Whatever the case may be, right? So when he discusses this, we have to keep those points in mind, right? It's about reconciliation. And he's first telling us to have our lives, right? This was yesterday's topic of conversation and discussion of, of the scripture. Have our lives aligned with the Lord, first and foremost. They have to be, they must be, in order for us to fully love our neighbor as ourself, and especially our spouse. And I love verse 25, right? Because he says something very similar to chapter 7, verse 10, right? Yet not I, it said, not to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, right? And in verse 25, he says, I have no commandment from the Lord, Yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy, right? He says, we are stewards of the mysteries of God, right? So, as the Lord has revealed things to him, this is what he is sharing. And what he is sharing, we must keep in the proper context. And by that, I mean, he's discussing reconciliation, first to the Lord, and then to our neighbor, right? And in this specific instance, he's discussing unmarried and widows. But in all these things, right, he is giving guidance, but let's look at Corinthians all the way through up to this point. He's addressing issues in the church, in the church, not in the world. Things that have been allowed to creep in and take a, I'll say, predominant stance, become a focal point of believers or Christians, people professing to be followers of Christ, which has created division, right? Sexual immorality has been prevalent, right? There are a number of different topics. All of those things are sin, and they are separating us from the Lord. So, in his, his guidance, his encouragement, his admonishment, and even rebuke, right? He's saying, first, let's get our lives reconciled to the Lord. And then, once that has happened, now we can discuss the other aspect, right? It has to be done in alignment with what the Lord is saying and teaching, which is, let's reconcile ourselves to Him first. Because then He continues, right? Hey, if, if you're bound to a wife... Don't separate yourself. 
And if you don't yet have a wife, right? Um, was it? Oh, but if don't seek a wife, right? Okay, so don't seek to be loose and don't seek to get one. But does that not sound exactly like what we have discussed for so long? What does the Lord say about it? The question we ask all the time, what's the Lord say about it? What's the Lord saying to you about it specifically? Right? Yes. Is it his plan for you to be married or to be unmarried? Right? That, that's between you and the Lord, first and foremost, right? Yes. So, but then he, I love this because... As you look, you can also see he addresses parents, right? A, a big part of the sanctity of marriage is, right, as the world views things, is protecting virginity. And even in, in a believer's life, right? Protecting one's virginity because it is meant for the sanctity or to sanctify the marriage, right? You're set apart. So he's saying, hey, look, if, if you give away a virgin, great in this, right? But don't seek to do that. It's up to the individual's choice, which goes right back to right, whether it's a male or female, right? It's that individual's choice. If they are struggling with lust and all these things and they, they have a determination to do that, to get married, then allow them to, the opportunity to do so, right? It's not up to the parent to say, no, you can't marry this person, or if that's what that person chooses, they have the opportunity to choose. Why? Because they've already been poured into as far as and taught the word, the oracles of God, and it's up to them to apply it. They should have a relationship, their own personal, deep and intimate relationship with the Lord, with which they should be able to clearly hear and distinguish the Lord's voice and what he's saying to them. So, Again, it's not to be a stumbling block or hindrance to even our children, right? Each person is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust, right? So he's saying, hey, if they're struggling with this and this is what they want to do, as opposed to letting the Lord dictate, choose their spouse for them, right? Or, or whatever that, however that looks between them and the Lord, or mostly to the Lord, then allow them to do that. Right, he's not preventing things, but he's, he's even saying, with this, our role and responsibility is to first be obedient to the Lord, because we love the Lord first. Because, especially you, as you were reading the latter verses, right, he says, the difference between a wife, what's the, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. And the difference is, they care about the, the unmarried, cares about the things of the Lord, where the married woman now has a, a potential distraction. Oh, it's a, that's a definite distraction. <laughs> it is, right? I'm, I'm being definite. gracious. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm being gracious in this, right? But because what can happen, especially if we approach things out of the flesh, then there, there can be real or perceived competition with our spouse and the Lord. Because... Uh, well, well, you know us, and you have seen us, uh, your mother and I, right? We each can get away, in, independently of one another, and together, and we spend time with the Lord, right? Yes. Okay. So what if I or your mother, either one, you know, says, hey, I need some time, I need to, excuse me, get before the Lord. There is a potential opportunity for one to be offended, especially if they want attention and time and affection and all these other natural things that, well, are found in marriage. And they're not bad in and of themselves. The, exactly. But now there's just conflict in, in time management it, where it's been. Exactly. So, so Paul's addressing all that here and saying, hey, we first have to be reconciled and aligned with the Lord fully, not bits and pieces of, our, of us, ourselves the body of Christ. But every aspect of my being has to be reconciled and in line with what the Lord is saying in order to properly have a marriage and building each other up in Christ. Does that make sense? Does anyone have questions on any of that? I just don't. <clears throat> Similar to what Paul's saying here, I'm not going to say thus says the Lord, but I think there's a component here 
that we may be missing, and that is a there's a there's a there's a component of encouragement here that Paul is offering. Mm-hmm. He's uh-huh. um, he's identifying that marriage is tough, and he's encouraging you in that, and he's reminding you that in your singleness, enjoy where that is right now, mm-hmm. because Absolutely. it does give you a time to spend time with the Lord here. Because obviously, if we did not um, under under the way we believe that God has designed and ordained marriage and families, if we didn't have people getting married, we wouldn't be having families. Right. Exactly. And so, and, and obviously, he did command us to multiply and fill the earth. In fact, right. as, as it goes with the the Muslim population, uh, we haven't talked about this ever that I'm aware of. But um, I looked at some statistics. It was, uh, I think, it was a year or so ago. Pretty much across the board, um, in all the countries of the world, it's um, right around one child per family is what's being. Uh, produce right now average if you look at it and it varies a little bit by country but if you average it um outside of muslim countries okay in america it's it's like 1.25 now it's the it's really come down significantly yeah. um in in muslim families it's like 9.8 uh-huh. they, they understand the benefit of propagating in in essence in propagating the religion as well too mm-hmm. and so if we're called to be salt and light of the earth if we're not producing salt that will go out into the world properly mm-hmm. led. Mm-hmm. We have that. So there, I don't think Paul is saying shun marriage, period, if Absolutely. you're single. So he's not, he's not saying that. And that would be contrary to the pattern that God set in, in Genesis. And Adam in the garden, he said, oh, right. it's not good for you to be alone. You need a helper. Right. So we always have to remember, well, mm-hmm. for me, I should say, uh, um, that um, if we're approaching the Bible as a rule book, we're probably approaching it wrong. Mm-hmm. So this is not a set of rules to go, oh, that's what I needed to hear. As the checkbox I want to check, you know, um, mm-hmm. you talked about being a perfectionist, but you and I like having a list and <laughs> like things being very clear. Delineate to me what needs to be done for this process to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. I will follow the task step by step. I will get it done. Get out of my way and watch me do it. <laughs> and um, so we love having things that are concrete. And uh, um, I don't think God's ever trying to give it to us. I mean, there are some things that are concrete about Christ being our Savior. There is only right. one way into heaven. But there's also the component of just follow me, right? Listen right. to me in this moment. Of exactly. That. So, yeah. That's a component and, and a commandment. It's, it, yes, the Lord but, is saying, it's me first. And, and then as a result of loving me and you want to be obedient, you will also show the same love to your neighbor, to your spouse. Yeah. To your, you will yeah, have, right, you have those things and now display them as I lead you through my Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Is what the Lord is that's what the Lord is getting at. And yeah, I'm just saying, be careful. Don't take this as your command to right. singleness or to marriage. Oh, either right. One. right, right, right. And you use it to to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you through it. Exactly, and, exactly. And as I said uh, yesterday, we're expanding our ability to understand God's word by discussing it openly. Yes, in doing this, but we're not we're not telling you this is what the Lord is telling yes. you in this. Right. No, we're, right. we're we're saying listen to Him exactly in all things. What is so you can find out. What is the Lord saying to you about this? And then do it. There is, because that's between you and the Lord. And either you're going to be obedient to him, right? Because he's given you direction, or you're not. We hope you are. And we absolutely, we hope and we pray that you are. That's, Mm -hmm. and and we encourage you and admonish you. Go do what the Lord's telling you to do, Mm -hmm. right? It may not be the same thing he's telling me. It may be the same thing he's telling me. It may not be, but... You have to run the race to set before you, mm-hmm. as do I, and as does each of us individually. We're not in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. We're, the only competition is myself. Am I being obedient to everything that the Lord is telling me to do? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, and I love how you brought this up, Dean, Paul's not saying one is better than the other. And both is what he is saying. Focus on the Lord. Be pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, as soon as we have a spouse that the Lord, hopefully the Lord chooses for us, hopefully we allow the Lord to choose our spouse for us, if that's what he decides for us to have and blesses us with. It's a gift from the Lord, right? So when he, if, when and if he gives us that gift, let's enjoy it. But let it, let's ensure that it does not take the Lord's place is what he's getting at here, which is easier done while we are single is what Paul is saying, but in both, whether you're single or whether you're married, let's ensure that the Lord still remains in his place. Because, right? 
because it, it can become a distraction. And same with children. They are a gift and a blessing from the Lord as well. But they also require time and affection and teaching and admonishment and encouragement and all those things so they can be poured into and trained up and equipped to for life in the way that the Lord desired for them to live it. So Paul's not saying one lifestyle is better than another here, and neither are we. It's just saying, in all things, let's let the Lord be and remain in his place. And us be in a excuse me, in alignment with him in that. You know, also, that's right, honey. The reconciliation, the way God uses it, it means to take be in its rightful place, the one that God assigned Absolutely. to it. Oh, go ahead, Dean. You had something you wanted to say. Oh no, fin- finish. I, I, no, go ahead. I just go want ahead. to pose a question to either one of you or oh. to whoever. It just um there is a seeming contradiction here. I just wanted to bring to light. You know, sometimes people look for contradiction in the word and then they use it to dispel everything else. In 25, um, and my version is a little different than yours, but uh, you know, Paul's saying, I have no direct command from the Lord, but give my opinion. And then we go to the end of this section. And then he goes, in my opinion, uh, she is happier uh, to stay single. And I also think that I am led by the spirit of God in saying this. Mm-hmm. So we have this bookend of this section here. Mm-hmm. So, do y'all have any thoughts or comments about that either way as to what's being, uh, what he's, um, uh, what is the object of those words that he's using? Is there a contradiction there? What, what, what's going on there? Anyone else want to answer first? Or do you want me to just get to it? Because it looked like you guys had some, some comments that you wanted to share. What I think Paul's getting at here as well. He knows this may be true for some people, but it doesn't apply to all circumstances. So it's not something concrete. You must do this and that. He's giving room for the Lord to minister to the people reading this as he wills. He's not pulling the Lord inside of a box. Lord, you can only do this to this people. You can't do anything else. He's allowing the Lord to have a chance to move and do as he pleases. Same is true in our lives. If we constantly try to shove him a box, you can't expect big things if you have a little box. (laughs) <laughs> let me let me uh, better, better explain the contradiction. There's a contradiction here where Paul is saying, "This is my opinion," and then he follows it up with saying, "This is, I believe the the Holy Spirit gave me this." Which is it? Is it his opinion or is it the Holy Spirit? So, he, oh, go ahead, sir. I'd say it can be both. He has the opinion of the Holy Spirit because he has spent time with them. Mm-hmm. He thinks as the Lord thinks. He right. He has studied the Scriptures. He has allowed, as it says. Uh, in multiple places, including Old Testament. You have no reason for anyone or need for anyone to teach you, depending on your translation. You have the Holy Spirit, right? But it also says so in, in Joel, and in place, right, when discussing the will of God, they will, I will be their God and they will be my people, right? Especially Joel, only they will have the Spirit. No one will have need to ask uh, their, their brother, right? Hey, what does this mean? Or to teach them, right? Because they will be taught by the Lord, by his Holy Spirit. So, Paul is saying, I've allowed, and you and I have discussed this, Dean, multiple times, how Paul, the apostle, who started as a Pharisee of Pharisees and gives his whole credentials and all these other things, um, and then even with that, he taught Scripture for three years while the Lord was teaching him, and then the Lord drew him further out into the wilderness for four, another 14 years to teach him more things. Now, this is someone who literally had studied the, the Torah, the law, the, right? The, what we know is the, I'll say the Old Testament, for the entirety of his life. And the Lord had to reteach him, had to have him unlearn some of the things that he learned, to give clarity and truth to the words that were spoken. Because that, that only comes from the Lord. His word is truth, yes, absolutely. But also in the context and the manner with which the Lord meant it. Not our own understanding. His ways and his thoughts are much higher than ours. So Paul is saying, hey, as I've been taught and as I look over the right, from someone, uh, so he says in verse 25, I give judgment as one whom the Lord is, uh, uh, Lord in His mercy has been has made trustworthy. Right? Uh, we talked earlier about we are stewards of the mysteries of God. Or when we go back to Deuteronomy twenty nine, I believe it's verse twenty nine. Uh, let me get there real quick. 
apologize for the delay. Yes, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Right? So, he's saying, look, I've, I've, I've studied out Scripture for a long time. Right? I mean, in his, his um, credentials, right? I mean, he gives all these, he's at the PhD level. He probably has multiple PhDs in studying Scripture. Right? And he says, I consider it all dung. It's garbage. It's waste. It's refuse. Why? Because the Lord taught him, and the Lord gave him truth, opened up his, his understanding to what was actually being said and what the Lord actually meant, right? And we see the difference because, let's not forget, it was the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes that although they had studied Scripture infinitely, if you will, in an earthly capacity, right, their entire lives, in the original languages and all those things, they still missed it, did not understand it, did not recognize the Lord standing there speaking face to face with them, and then went so far as to crucify the Lord of glory. So Paul is saying, hey, look, these things have been revealed, all right? And as I understand what the Holy Spirit has given, these are my thoughts on this, right? And then as you pointed out, Dean, he says at the end, right, in my opinion, she's happy, right? Are we not all happy in life if we don't have distractions? Yes. Or if we're focused on doing something and there are no distractions, even if it's doing nothing, right? Even if it's just taking a lazy day, if you will, right? A, a day of rest. I did nothing and it was everything I thought it could be, right? Like when there's nothing to, to impede what we have set in our heart to do. Are we not thrilled? Are we not excited about that? Yes. It's because life is full of distractions. Things that, regardless of how big or small, draw us away from what we have purposed to do or set our minds to do. And this, he's saying, hey, back to the beginning, it's about being reconciled to the Lord. We should be purposeful and purposed in remaining with the Lord, set apart right? So that's the sanctification. Yes. Set apart for the Lord, right? Um, changed, reestablished, restored, right? All things made right. Remove an enmity or sin, right? So, like, as Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says constantly, that you would remain pure and blameless in judgment, in the sight of our Lord, or during judgment, in the sight of our Lord, right? Their spirit, soul, and body would be blameless without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. So he's saying, whether you want to say it's his opinion or not, right? But in verse 40 he says, she is happier if she remains as she is, as an unmarried. There's, there's less things to distract her from moving forward and being pleasing to the Lord, right? But again, in anything, we're responsible to the Lord to be obedient to what he says, to be pleasing to him in all things, to handle all things well. Everything he gives us is an opportunity to use it to glorify him. All right? Did we do or were we obedient in full, in the fullness of everything he asked or requested of us to do? And I say asked graciously, because if the Lord said it, it's really a command. Right? It's no different than a parent to a child. Right? I may ask one of you to do something, but am I really asking? No. I'm just nicely telling you, go do this. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Why? Because that's the place the Lord's given me with, and your mother with the position, the authority that comes along with it. This is the Lord of glory who is saying, hey, will you go do this? Right? Yeah. Will you... I'm going to give you this, and this is what I want you to do with it. Will you glorify me in this? So, as a result, he can, he can put his, I'll say, you can look at it and say it's his personal opinion, right? But in reality, we know we're all pleased when we have less distractions and are then allowed to do the things we aim to do. But he also says, 
and I, I think I also have the Spirit of God. Like, I don't think. He knows, right? It's why Paul writes, those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So, even in, and, and I love how he, he even starts it off in verse 25, he says, I give judgment, right? And he tells us to judge the body rightly, because he who, this is later in Corinthians, who judges rightly has no need to be judged by anyone, right? Yes. Okay. So he's saying, I've looked at this. Uh, and in and, and looking, he's brought it before the Lord. And, and he's, so he's not saying one is better than the other. It goes back to what we were saying. Hey, this is the race set before you. You run it and you be obedient. Thank you, honey. I also hear him, you know, when we, as, as he's saying this, he's, he's helping them understand how to walk it out at the same time. He's giving them grace to do the things that the Lord has commanded. So he, we've spent some time talking about the commandments. And oftentimes we can feel like, well, how do I do that? Then what's right? If I can't do this and I can't do that, and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do that, or I should do this and do that, how do I actually get there? All I know is that I'm a girl and my mama says I got to get married. Everybody else has kids or, you know, whatever it is that we in the natural perceive in our minds based on customs and traditions or whatever, or even right. a desire to please the, please the Lord. Try to put time limits on things and... Right. Or whatever it is. This is the custom here. This is what everybody's saying. Social or norms. this is how yep. I feel about it. This is what I think. But how do I line up with that commandment, Lord? How do I line up to not be sexually immor immoral? How do I line up to, how do I know I won't want to leave my husband once I get married? Or <laughs> any of those things. I might want an escape route. These are natural natural feelings and emotions exactly I'm sure every woman and every man has felt that in every marriage at some point in time exactly and then you know here paul comes in with the with the word of the lord and goes this is wrong which maybe it was a part of their custom like hey i'm tired of you i'm gonna get out of here or you know whatever it is the 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 natural way of doing things the carnal way i'll say of doing things is often in opposition to the righteous way of doing things. So after he tells them what the law is, what the word of the, the Lord is, this is the commandment for the Lord. And I don't mean law as in the Torah, but what the commandment of God is, there are spiritual laws, etc. Oh. Now, how, what's the grace to walk it out? And I think he's laying that out here and going, now listen, in everything, hold on. Don't, don't try to drive the bus. Don't try to get there on your own. Don't try to achieve it in your own um, culmination of ideas. Just bring it back and come on and let God lead you and guide you. This in of itself is not wrong. Be, if you have a desire to get married, like some women, all their life they dream of being a wife and having children and being a mother. That's their, they sing in the morning, they get their baby dolls, they, you know, and then when they hear this command, they might go, oh, what am I going to do now? Right? So he's offering grace to them. That's just my, my thoughts. Grace on how to walk this out and live this commandment and perceive and understand what actually God is saying and what he's not saying and trying to do it from a variety of perspectives and on a variety of situations. And, and right before, um, I just want to add this to it. Because we talked about verse 40 where he says, yeah, I think this, but also I have the Lord. I have the Holy Spirit, right? In verse 39, he also says, um, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes. And then there's this, uh, I'll say qualifier, for lack of a better way to, to phrase it. Only in the Lord. Again, it comes right back full circle to, what did the Lord say to you about this? All right? Is the Lord picking your, picking this as your spouse? And and Dean, when we were ta I remember when we talked about marriage, right? I think I believe it was you who brought up an example of this woman that was married multiple times, and she kept outliving her husband, right? And she got Elizabeth married. Elliot is who we were talking. Okay, about. Yes. yes. Thank you. I couldn't remember who, right? But a very godly Christian yeah, woman. Right. Yes. But this happened. So what Paul is saying is, hey, again, what's the Lord saying to you? Let the Lord choose your spouse. Let the Lord drive you. And, and by drive, I mean, not that he's actually driving the bus, but allow him that opportunity, right? Bring it before the Lord. Let it pass by before him and get his thoughts on it. Get what he says about it. Let him instruct you through his Holy Spirit, of course, what to say and what to do in every situation, mm -hmm. especially as it pertains to relationships and marriage. 
It's a miserable thing to have a spouse that doesn't believe in God when you believe in God and is in opposition to the Lord. It, it's very difficult and very hard. And when you have two spouses, marriage is a challenge. You know, there's it is a not in a negative way, but it, you have to put effort into it, just like raising your children. You have to put forth effort. And if you put any situations, you add anything to it that God didn't ordain, it makes it even more complicated. <laughs> it makes it even more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God gives us grace for the plan and the path that he has for us and the seasons that we're in. So it's always good just to stick with him and let him call the shots. Mm-hmm. I've, I've learned in my <laughs> my life. It's not, it hasn't been that long yet, but I've learned it's better when he's at the helm and I'm just going along versus I'm trying to sit in his seat and tell him what to do. Yeah, that, that never works out. So amen to that, honey. But um, let's pause there for a day, all right? And give everyone time to, to consider what's been said and let the Holy Spirit, or I'll say it in this way, bring it before the Lord. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this? All right? Because ultimately, we, we should all want his thoughts and his ways, right? Yes. So. Uh, gonna provide the opportunity for each of you to do that in your own time. So we'll pause there for today. And with that, can I get? Oh, Dean. I just want to remind everybody: if you have any questions about this, if you uh, uh, if you have any contradictions to what we have to say, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can Please. reach us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. And also, if you feel led to support this ministry. Uh, please reach out. Um, it is a cost uh, involved with this, and so any uh, gift would certainly be appreciated. Amen. Thank you, brother. Um, when that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Lord Charles. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for every day that we have together, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for giving us people to walk beside us, Lord, as we learn and grow more in you, Lord. And just help us to continue on the path, Lord, and just strain our mindsets, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for the wonderful concepts that you put in your word, Lord, and how that you always have a method and a better way than we do at everything, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.